Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. And I'm Brian Cohn from B. Cone Knives. I'm a young maker, and I work both. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Let's freaking do this thing. You're listening to the Work For It podcast. My name's Brian House, and I'm on here, as always, with Dr. Brian Cone <laughs> of B-Cone Knives. We're staying with that doctor bit, huh? As far Make as I'm wh- concerned, dude, you you are now my primary physician. <laughs> I'll take that. All right. Yeah. All right. Ben Jammin is not going to be with us this week. He is doing some health stuff, so he's uh, working on um, getting rid of uh, his his issues that he had from right. I think last week or something. He's got he's at the doctor basically, and he had to he can only get to the doctor at this particular time, unfortunately. So we we told him like, hey man, just take care of yourself. Ben, we love you and we appreciate you. We hope you're getting better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and honestly, man. you know, your health comes first. You can't work for it unless your body is working for you. So God, it's so you true. know what? Got to do what you got to do. I was just having that thought um, because I've been really busy with a bunch of things here uh, at Housemaid, and I'm I started to feel as if maybe I had ripped something in my shoulder a little bit, like Ooh. I had a little bit of a tent, like kind of like a pain, like a sharp pain. And my dad oh, no. had, um, like, he has bone spurs in his shoulder sometimes. Like, there's like a lot of hereditary stuff. Like, he played a lot of tennis. When he was, um, you know, in his like fifties and sixties. And I'm thinking to myself, like, gosh, I'm lifting all this heavy steel all day. I'm like doing a lot of really, you know, even grinding on a grinder, like, you know, making knives and stuff. You're kind of working muscles and, you know, there's things that you're doing to your body that may be repetitive motions that are not the best. Um, Absolutely. And one uh, thing that I found, um, I have now gotten to the point where I set myself alarms every 45 minutes. Basically, I stop for five minutes, I stretch, I take a step back, I, you know, stretch out my back, my arms, whatever is, you know, kind of hurting. And I take literally just five minutes to kind of recenter myself and kind of, you know, limber up a little bit and then go back to it. Because I've found that if you, if you grind or you do anything repetitive, I mean, I used to literally just go balls to the wall for you know, hours at a time. And then at the end of the day, I'm like all seized up like an old man can't yeah. hardly stand up straight because I've been bent over the grinder all day. Yeah. And grinder so, height is actually kind of important. It's people ask me this all the time. I tell them this is my answer. Like they say, like, how high should my grinder be? 
it's really not the grinder so much as the platen. Like where the yes, platen is, is the middle of the platen should be, and this is my preference, but it should be somewhere around your bread basket, which is like kind of just lo- a little bit lower than your heart. Ooh, and, okay. And the reason is, is because blood flow happening to your arms and your shoulders, if your hands are above your heart, your your heart has to work harder to circulate and you know you can't like i don't know if you've ever had that feeling when you <laughs> wait a second who's the doctor here is no, it dr is, brian or is it dr hey, listen, brian house i have a phd and i don't bullshit? know if you know this <laughs> i i do i have a post hole digger okay yeah okay dude. cool it's cool dad i already did the dad joke no it's not the dad joke but there you you're, you're right I, I i'm giving medical advice and i shouldn't because i'm really not a doctor but here's what i'll say is that from my experience and spending hours and hours and hours tens of thousands of hours behind a grinder uh, if the grinder is too high i definitely feel fatigue quicker so it's important mm. to make sure you keep it like where your arms are at a com- comfortable length you know at a com- comfortable height i should say and that will change how much you can grind in any one sitting. Hmm. So. so the way that I set up mine, or at least I'm, I'm not quite sure where I heard it, but what I was told is you should stand at where you're going to set up your grinder and stand up straight, you know, back straight, all that type of stuff. And you put your elbows at 90 degrees. Hmm. So, you you know, you're, you put your arms straight down to your side and then turn your so that your elbows make a 90 degree turn. So mm. you're p- pointing forward with your hands and that, that be, should be that to me, that would seem like exactly what I just said. I mean, for the most part, like my, if I do that, my hands are right around where my bread basket is, but cool. maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not doing it the right way or something, but. Well, it sounds like two different ways to get the same result, so it must be a good thing. Yeah, I think it's close <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's actually quite close, which yeah, cool. I think makes sense. But yeah, so anyway, um, I don't know how we got on that tangent, Brian, but uh, <laughs> we were talking about you being a doctor, and that was pretty funny. But, sure. Uh, yeah, man. Like, so anyway, I've been super – We oh, no, we were talking about the, mm-hmm. how important it is to maintain your health because yes. when you're trying to – be an entrepreneur it's like there's no such thing as paid time off i mean you really have to you know keep yourself uh you know healthy and that one week where i threw my back out about six months ago just like Mm -hmm. totally screwed me you know and if if you are a one-man show like i am now i don't have any staff Mm -hmm. um it would be pretty devastating yes you know to a business if you got hurt or you got sick so it's really important to take care of yourself first absolutely and you know you said six months ago you threw out your back well what is it that you've been moving around in your shop i've been i've been moving um all that all that heavy steel man just from the grinder kits mostly i mean anyway that's really what i've been doing i've been not only that i've been moving all the furniture things like just big stuff that didn't need to be in my shop so i'm moving it out of my shop and into my new like office space basically Mm. so and then yesterday I got a truck, you know, that came in and I got all my grinder parts in and um, <clears throat> because of the, my buildings are not like set up with overhead doors, mm-hmm. you can't, you have to basically move all this stuff by hand, you know? So I put everything on a cart and move. It's a huge pain in the ass. Right. I posted it to Facebook and Instagram and got some pretty good suggestions, but um, I think what it's looking like is that I'm going to end up putting in a overhead, like an overhead door basically. Yeah. I saw that post right when it posted. I didn't see too many comments and 
I just haven't looked back yet at it to see what people had said. But I don't see how it is that you would be able to, you know, slim that down so it'd get through a normal size door. So yeah, the the most of the comments said that I should request a, a thinner uh, pallet from the <laughs> right because they're just gonna do that for you. <laughs> yeah, I, well, they might. I mean, I don't know. I you, I, you never know until you ask, I suppose. Sure. But um, but yeah, they're probably not. Go- they can't get, keep their shit together over there. No. They can barely. They can hardly get steel to you, let alone exactly put it on the right size pallet. This is exactly <laughs> what I thought. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna request this pallet that's never gonna show up or whatever. But yeah, now there was a ton of great con um, comments on that. And speaking of social media, um, I pulled uh, a couple of things. I've been really trying to figure out. I have no idea what is happening with my Instagram. Oh no! It's, it's no. This is positive. This is oh a good okay. So so I had posted a video of Dexter like hand sanding, mm-hmm. and, and we can get into that a little bit. That's that's super cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I spent the last day of summer break with Dexter in the shop, and um, unfortunately, he can't join the podcast because he's in school today. So right. like, he, you know, he wouldn't be able to join us. But he, he could uh, call in sick. Come on, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. Actually, he gets out around two o'clock, but it's like a huge thing to like go get him. He's like all the way right. up in North Naples. It's like an hour drive. But uh, I mean, the first week down. is all syllabuses anyway. So what is he missing? You're right. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, it's high school. I mean, what good is that? Maybe you should just. Uh, it, no, 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 no. We're not we're not going to condone that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he actually asked me if he could come to the shop on the last day of summer and finish that um, that Giotto. That's got to feel good. It was really good because my relationship with him has been a little rocky, you know, teenage kind of uh, independence mixed Mm -hmm. with dad, you know, trying to be a dad and, you know, not giving him everything he wants and, you know, all that stuff. And just, you know, I we had kind of butted heads a little bit and over the summer Mm -hmm. and which is to be expected. The world has never been uh, never was changed by agreeable people. So and I've raised my kids to be disagreeable. (laughs) I mean, that's just really what it is because I'm kind of disagreeable too. And so anyway, it sucks when it's turned against you though, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. But anyway, he came into the shop. We did some social media that day. Cause it's really awesome when your kid is in your shop and he's like doing some stuff. It makes it so easy to do social media posts because there's stuff going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun stuff. I shot a video of him hand sanding. We were talking a little bit, whatever. It's like a nothing video. It's just basic, like, Hey, this is what we're up to. We're using the TR Maker knife face, blah, blah, blah. Nothing different than my normal, like, uh, story as post kind of thing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I looked at it, it almost has 20,000 views. Damn, bud. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I am not sure why. And it, there's not a lot of engagement on it. There's a couple of people who, you know, said, like, hey, that's not safe or whatever. He's sanding ah. with a blade pointing at him. And so, yeah, I, and I agree. I think we should have made it a little bit more safe for him. But um, there's really no reason. And and by the way, I've got another reel that is way over 20,000 That's awesome. uh, views. And and I think it's just like what Ben says. It's just like consistency. Just keep posting every day. Just try, you know. So this morning, I, I, last night I made a piece of content that I knew that I was going to post early today. And, you know, how Ben was saying, like, well, everybody wakes up and picks up their phone and they look at Mm -hmm. it and stuff. And it just it flopped like it's not there's not that many (laughs) views on it. So I just it makes no sense. There's no no 
rhyme or reason to this. It just seems like everything is a a massive coin flip. And it seems like, you know, something that you post and you think it's just going to be a nothing post blows up. Like, I'm sure when you posted that um, video of you and Dex, you thought, oh, well, you know, my followers might think it's cool and give me a couple likes. And then it blows up. But then you spend so much time to make a perfect post and then exactly. it flops. Exactly. You think like I edited it, narrated it, and did all this stuff. That, that right. post with Dexter has 18,500 views, 21 comments. The one I like did all kinds of shit with this morning has 787 views and five comments. So <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't get the algorithm thing or whatever. Ugh. And I posted it early thinking like, okay, it's Wednesday morning. I'm going to post it early, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing. I, and nothing. again, I, here's the thing. I post because I enjoy it. I just, I think the, like the technician or the problem solver in me really wants to understand this. Right. And it, there's, it there's a game me. there and you want to know what the rules exactly, are. Exactly. And there is, if what I've learned is there, there is no rules or maybe there is, <laughs> and I just don't understand them or don't know about them or whatever. But anyway, so I've been having fun on Instagram. And did all that. Dexter's knife came out really great. That was what was funny about that. Oh yeah, the thing looks great. The, his knife came out great, and the the actual reveal of the finished knife only has five hundred and fifty five views. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no sense. It makes absolutely no Ugh. sense why that worked. But um, anyway, so speaking of uh, Instagram, do you want to dive right into work for it projects? The hashtag. Yeah, sure, we man. Skipped over it last week, and I feel like maybe we should dive in and. And check it out. Oh, and by the way, real quick, I got numerous messages from listeners about me eating the beef jerky on the <laughs> microphone. Like people were like, dude, bro, you cannot do it. It's so gross. It was so disgusting. It's like you guys uh, thought it was gross. We had to listen to it live. Come exactly. on. Exactly. I I forced you into it. it was, <laughs> like ear rape or something oh, it, yeah it was geez. really gross <laughs> i mean i didn't i don't find it gross i think beef jerky is delicious sure i mean yeah you know most most beef comes out of texas what are you guys trying to say you hate texas <laughs> good luck <laughs> texas is awesome oh jeez. So, anyway all right so let's dig into wfi projects and just so if you're a new listener uh, WFI projects is something you can hashtag on Instagram and we will dig into it and look at your posts and, um, and yeah, talk about it. So that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in, um, with this post by Jamie, the squid. He's, you know, obviously we've talked about a couple of his posts. Um, it looks like he's doing some forge work. Um, looks like a couple leaves there. Um, a leaf, one side of the, one side of the far right thing is a leaf and then it, turns into like this really cool intricate you know scroll hook so that's kind of a cool thing the yeah. one in the center looks like it might be a leaf but i'm not quite sure what it maybe it's some sort of a paddle or a spoon or something along those lines the one in the mm. far left is looks like some sort of a meat hook with a really cool twisted handle p- portion of it yeah i didn't realize he was doing all this forging i mean this yeah is, dude this is really cool stuff i it's it seems like he's really learning the art of shaping steel shaping hot steel yeah and he's doing a great job at it it's definitely something that i've been trying to get into it's just you know especially you know i i got my forge at christmas i was doing some really you know crappy forging i mean just like everyone who picks up a hammer and an anvil 
and, you know, smacks on some steel. The first, you know, almost 30, 40 things you make is going to look like, well, a lump of crap at the end. But then, you know, right when I started getting into it and, you know, trying to forge knives and other sort of, I, I did like a coat rack thing. And, you know, right then we started, you know, getting into late spring, early summer, and I just haven't been able to stand it in the shop, right? You know, if it's, it's 90 degrees outside and you turn on a forge inside and my shop is eight by 14, uh, <laughs> it's probably 120 inside. Do you have the option of rolling anything outside or is everything kind of fixed in your shop? Um, I could have rolled it outside, but still it's, you know, 90 degrees outside. Still hot, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you could do it at night. I mean, yeah, yeah, felt like for it. sure. But yeah, no, you're right. I, There's I, ways to get around it, but you know. There definitely is. Even in an air conditioned space, like my studio is air conditioned. When I run my forge or even my induction forge, it gets hot in there. I mean, it just, they can't keep up. It's just, yeah, you got to really like the heat if you're going to be forging. <laughs> That's for sure. Bald Man Knife and Tool, he's doing some really cool stuff. I don't know if you're following Bald Man Knife and Tool. Absolutely. It's all one word. He's a, a, a Florida uh, native. Uh, he built a revolution in my shop. Real nice guy. I actually met him at Blade Show for the first time, uh, even though he lives like kind of near me, like within an hour drive. Uh, we just hooked up at blade show talked for a bunch and then um he's just crushing it now he's got that revolution grinder and he is just and he's got two he actually think he has two grinders running he's got a grizzly he's got a revolution Mm -hmm. and he has he has like become a prolific knife maker if you want looking at all this stuff he's doing um fillet knives and yeah uh, all kinds of cool stuff so a second grinder i'm gonna just start touting how much more efficient you will be if you're a production knife maker, or even if you're not a production knife maker, even if you're just making it, doing it as a hobby, how quickly it like doubles the speed of what <laughs> you're doing. So uh, second grinder is always never a bad idea. Man, I was crossing my finger when you did your uh, giveaway thing, the I raffle. Know, man, I know. Holy and cow, that was awesome, by the way. And uh, yeah, we we had a great time doing that, and we're definitely going to do another one um, because. There was so much demand for it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, unbelievable. And the guy that won it couldn't be nicer. And um, so I'm, I'm actually in the process of wiring up his grinder and everything. I'm going to send it. I got to f- figure out how to freight it up to him, but it's not too far. It's like in Mississippi. So that brass plate looked really cool. I, I like yeah. the way that design turned out. And yeah, honestly, I, I'm super jealous about it because that thing is awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. My wife designed that. She's an awesome uh, graphic designer. And then she sends me the files and then I translate it into like the code that the laser cutter needs or the laser mm-hmm. etcher needs. Um, it's definitely still needs some more work with the brass. I think I need to, you know, kind of re- refine that process. But I was I was pretty happy with it. I mean, that the only thing nice. that I'm worried about is um that brass side being on the belt side, if they use one of the water misters like we do, um, would that tarnish so quickly that it would kind of become illegible or do you think yeah, that's going to be an issue? issue? I don't, I don't know. Tar- brass does patina over time. It will. Um, and I experimented with a forced patina on the bra on a different plate. And I really liked the look of it. And I thought, you know, it would be kind of cool is if you forced patinaed it and then you added the laser etch over it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
sprayed it with some clear coat. That's what I was just going to say that you should yeah. have uh, clear coated it or put some sort of uh, something on there so yeah, it stays nice and shiny. I could still do it. I mean, the grinder's still here. I could clear it while it's here. There like, you go. It's glued, glued on, but I could just clear the outside of it. But yeah, it, t- it came out great. Look, I mean, it's a unique one-off piece, you know. It's mm-hmm, like, for sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked for Josh, man. He's uh, he's buddies with Derek Melton and like the whole that whole Gulf Coast um, panhandle crew. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a bunch of knife makers that are in that area and they all know Josh. And I, I didn't recognize his name initially, but then I started digging into his Instagram and I'm like, dude, this guy's got a forge press. I mean, he's like legit. Like he need you know, but he's he's grinding on a, a grizzly two by 72. And that's what he's using at the, on the regular. And he did tell me that he's going to donate his Grizzly 2x72 to another knife maker. Nice. Now that it's the revolution. Isn't that like the coolest Doesn't that just make ever? you feel good? It totally <laughs> does. I'm like, God, man, this is so nice. Perfect. It's such a nice, like you couldn't ask for a nicer guy, you know. To we should get him on the show. Yeah, we should. I'll have to ask him what his work schedule's like. We'll have to kind of figure that out. So. Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. back to this uh, post by Bald Man Knife and Tool. Uh, are you talking about the flay knives? Uh, I was actually looking, yes, both the fillet knife. He did one er, like later down the the line with like a red and green handle. That's kind of got some of that um, aluminum in it. I don't know what you would call this kind of knife. This is, it almost looks like a sharp butter knife kind of, but it's not. I don't It's like a hunting knife maybe. I don't really know. I don't know. if I, I, Are you looking at I'm, projects or project? Project, projects plural. Yeah, me too. So okay. If you scroll down, it's like, I don't know. It's There's so many posts on here now. I know. Oh I'm God. starting to, like, I'm trying to find the right one. Give me a second. It's below, it's like halfway down, I think, if you just keep <laughs> scrolling. I don't even know how to tell you how to find it because there's just so many. But it's like a red and green handle, and it looks kind of like a butter knife, but it's not a butter knife. It's like got a real heavy. Oh, and it. it's got, it's got, um, like that mesh Aluminum. in the just yeah. a little bit of mesh back in the handle yeah, yeah that's he, that one's super cool yeah it's very cool i mean he's just his his work is just getting better and better with every night yeah he does. for sure man that's awesome i'm loving that uh epoxy handle that's really really intricate yeah i i don't even know how he managed to achieve that I mean, I know there's some blending of the epoxy and everything. He he must just pour like the red and then like and the green at the same time and just let them kind of just cure. let them swirl. You're yeah, right. Just let them swirl and cure with no manipulation. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, whenever I do epoxy handles, I'm I'm buying it from, you know, people who make it. So I'm not sure if he's the same way. But yeah, that's that's an art. Someday I'll, I'll probably mess around with it. But he may have bought that. I don't know. Yeah, he may have gotten that at uh, Blade Show. He was buying a lot of uh, handle material there, too. But I, okay. I, I don't know, man. A lot of people pour their own epoxy. I pour my own epoxy. I like it. Yeah, but not everyone's a badass like you are. But. Well, you know, <laughs> you got to work for it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But yeah, the newest post that he posted in the Work For It projects, it looks like he has a standard fillet knife and then like an offset fillet knife. Which I found super interesting. Yeah, like, I wonder I what, I wonder what the before. reason for that offset is. I don't know. I do not know. I think it's like down here in Florida, there's guys that catch these big um, like uh, mackerel and and wahoo and these big fish. (laughs) I could see how bigger in the bluegill you find up here. 
definitely bigger than the bluegill. <laughs> like grouper and snapper and like these big, you know, tropical saltwater fish. That would be killer to yeah. have that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love the design. I love the I love the handle. I love everything about it. Love that it's offset. It's like almost like a bread knife, like an offset yeah. sandwich knife, but it's a it's a fillet knife. Super thin. right. Super yeah. interesting. Speaking of, I just finished a fillet knife to finish the set we're gonna use here at this apartment. Okay. It's, it's the first like full set I've made. Like, I mean, it's it's five knives, so it's not like a giant set or anything. But it's the first time I've made like a full set. And actually made them all for myself so I can, like, use and abuse them and, you know, get that feedback. Because normally when I make culinary knives, I'm sending them down to my brother down in Nashville and he gives me the feedback. Because, you know, he's he's the expert. So, I don't know. I've, I've never really made a whole lot of knives for myself that I actually keep. So, I, do you do that often? Like, how often do you make something for yourself and actually use it yourself? I mean, I guess you're grinders, yeah. of course, but yeah, I mean the and the knife world. I have probably maybe four or five knives of my own that I keep on my knife board, and I use them on the regular. In fact, uh, a a local chef hit me up and needed some knives for a photo shoot for a um, like a charity event. Okay. And in fact, right before we got on the podcast, uh, he messaged me and and. Um, and said like, Hey, I'm going to come and bring your knives back to you, to you. And and this is a guy I've known for 15 years. Like okay. one of the first guys I met when I was down in Florida and he gave me some great feedback on my Nakiri. And, um, he really loved the Nakiri that now, if you can imagine this guy's like six foot four, he could be like Ooh, a linebacker. He's nice. a big guy, big, big guy. So he's got big hands. And he said, you know, the Nakiri was a little forward heavy. He's like, you couldn't use this all day. And he was like, you know, and here's mm. the reason why. And he, and he kind of gave me some really great feedback about the Nakiri being in a commercial kitchen. They don't have really deep cutting boards, like deep as in depth, like away from the chef. Right. So the length of the Nakiri is a problem. You know, he's like, we can't use these big, long knives. He's like, even though it's a pleasure to use it, it runs into your little like cooler station because it's. You know, that they only really sense. get it does. I never even thought of that. You well, know, but. that makes sense because uh, when I was designing a chef knife for my brother, the first, you know, proper chef knife that I made, he was I was thinking, you know, do you want a seven or an eight inch chef? And he was like, you know, I kind of want it close to like five and a half, six, maybe six and a half at the very most. And I guess I never asked him why, but m- maybe that's why. Yeah, I, that could be it because they're just the station. Uh, doesn't have enough room to allow right. for the the blade to kind of try. He's like, I kept banging into the the handle of my cooler. So, huh. yeah, something to think about. Yeah, I mean, when you're making knives for a commercial kitchen, I mean, most people that buy my knives, they're, you know, they're not working in a commercial kitchen. That's right, like a, for sure. a piece that they have on their board. They use it every once in a while in their own personal kitchen. So, uh, but excellent feedback. He really liked the knife. He said it could have been off if, if it was off balanced, uh, or it could have been handle heavy. Little handle, a little more weight in the handle would have solved the problem. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. But okay. I mean, it's a hidden tang knife. You know. Oh yeah, you, you're you gonna have issues with that no matter yeah, what. It's always gonna be light. Plus, the blade on the Nakiri was really long. Like it was like oh. nine inches. And I just went crazy with it because I'm like, you know, I'm a really big Nakiri and, and, and I sure. agree with them. It's it looks cool as shit, but it's you know, it's 
it cuts nice, but you're, he's right. You would not be able to do it. You wouldn't be able to use it all day. And if you're a casual and you're only picking it up and using it to like make dinner for, you know, an hour at the very most, then it's, it's probably, you know, you'd never notice that. But if you're using it for six, seven, eight, ten hours a day, you start to notice that type of shit. You know what he told me? He said one of his favorite knives in his arsenal is a Chinese cleaver. You're, really? You're, yeah, you you know what a Chinese cleaver is. It's like basically a rectangle. Right. It's, it's just know. a big, it looks like a shovel that was flattened and, you know, yeah. it, exactly. <laughs> made into a knife. It is literally a rectangle with a handle on it. And right. He, he told me that that's one of his most favorite shapes for blades because he uses it to scoop the food off oh. of the cutting board. And okay. he uses them so much that he wears them down until they're, you know, he, he they start out at like four inch, four inches in depth. Whoa. Uh, and then by the time he's done with them, they're, you know, two, you know, because he's sharpening, you know. Right. Yeah. For day, sure. You know, so, yeah, it was really interesting to speak with a, somebody who works in a commercial kitchen mm-hmm. from a knife perspective. Yeah. You know, to get their feedback on like how they cook with it and, you know, because they're working fast pace environment, tight spaces, mm-hmm. things that I don't even think about. You know, I haven't yeah, worked for in sure. the kitchen in freaking 25 years. <laughs> and one of the things um, I forget, I think it's one of the knife talk guys who, who constantly say that you should, you know, know how to cook and cook professionally before you make, you know, chef knives or culinary knives. So that you have that in depth. Um, you know, I've never worked in culinary a day in my life, but I've just been lucky enough to be able to, you know, ask my brother and ask a couple other chefs who do. And, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, behind the eight ball when it comes to that type of stuff. Well, do you cook in your own kitchen? Oh yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know, that's similar. I mean, I think, um, I think you're right. I think it's important to see how, you know, to get like these perspectives from these chefs, but you can definitely get that from your brother, I would think, you know? Hopefully. All that information. Yeah, you would <laughs> think, you know, and then and if you're sending him the knives and he's using them. Right. I mean, yeah, that's great. That, I mean, he's in a he's in a fast paced environment, too, in Nashville. Oh, so, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So and also uh, looking at WFI projects, Ben's Bites, our buddy Ben uh, from Ben's Bites. He is working on perfecting his touch mark and he's doing it in a really oh, unique yeah. way. I was talking to him about that a little bit. Um, that touch mark he has is so in, like it's such thin lines. You would think it would, you would ha- there would be such delicate lines that you know you'd have issues from time to time, but it it looks like he's got that down pretty Can much. You tell you to how a- he's doing it. Um. Well, I don't know if I I I want his permission to you know talk yeah. about it instead of you know just. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, right. it does look really good, and I don't want to spill secrets if he wants to, you know. I'm sure he, I'm he sure if he asked it. him, he would say. Yeah. but he, he does mention it a little bit, but he's using a laser etching system. But it's not like a high-end, you know, 50-watt. He's right. doing it using, you know, other techniques. And at some point, maybe we, we would bring him on because this is a... A question I get all the time because I use a fiber laser to create my touch mark on my mm-hmm. knives and other patterning and everything. And that is really a, an expensive luxury item to have. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, for I sure. mean, it, it, when pe- people think like, 
all the time I get asked, you know, like, hey, what fiber laser are you using or what laser etcher are you using? And then I send them the link. They're like, holy shit, that's like five grand. It's like, yeah, it's five thousand dollars, you know, for that device. But I use it for so many other things. Yeah, I right. laser Every etch day. my parts and, you know, all kinds of stuff, not just touch marks. And so when I use it or I have a multi use for it. So but anyway, um, obviously, Ben didn't want to spend that kind of money. So he's kind of figured it out um, how to do it. On the, uh, utilizing on the relatively really, cheap. On the relatively cheap. So maybe we ought to have him on and and, and so he can explain his process at some point. Sure. I know he's a busy or, guy, or we can uh, set up the you know Saturday live streams and have him on to talk about it. Yeah, Try to get interesting. Let's push some more people to those live streams. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we kind of got off track on the live streams. Yeah, well, we all got busy and Ben has his stuff that's been going on. and It's true. That's true. part of, you know, you and I are moving and Ben is, you know, dealing it's with ama- what he's It's amazing that we even carve the time out to do the podcast. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like, like there's days when I'm just like, I don't even know how I'm going to even have time to eat. You know, so busy, you know? <laughs> See, that's why you need to eat jerky on every podcast. Hey, man. Yeah, absolutely. Steak Screw trips. it. If the, if, the, if the listeners get pissed off about it, you know, they can listen to somebody else. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, it, it, and they were all very kind about it. They, yeah, I got like three or four messages and they were all like, look, I know it was a bit and you're being funny, but like it really grossed me out. And it wasn't just <laughs> one person. Like it was multiple people that said this. And I was like, yeah, oh, wow, yeah, this, well. is a, this is a problem. And I don't <sighs> think about it because I don't there's some sort of uh, thing. It's like a it's like a phobia of the okay. sound, the mouth sound. There's mm. a name for it. I, I don't know what it's called, but couldn't tell you. Dr. Yeah. Brian doesn't know what the hell. What I'm the hell surprised. You're about. I'm surprised you don't know this <laughs> with that PhD of yours. Sure. So, uh, looking at uh, some leather work that Mark Vanderwerf is doing, 118 blades. I'm really digging these uh, keychains that he's making. Yeah, those look really good. He's um, got Dutch Hills on them, and I I know he's got another Instagram called Dutch Hills. Yeah, and I'm I actually looking at the post that's posted under Dutch Hills. I guess what I didn't realize. Go ahead and tell you. I have no idea. He's got a lot of Instagram handles. Right. So it's it's interesting. I know he's Dutch, I believe. He lives in the UK, but right. I, I believe he's Dutch. So that has to have something to do with it. But right. I really love these keychains. Like, I think they're super unique, and he did a great job doing them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like he's using brass and... And uh, chrome and all kinds of cool stuff to make it happen. So that's one thing I've been thinking about trying to do um, with little pieces of scrap, just kind of forging them out into a relatively oval shape, and then putting my you know little touch mark stamp on there, and sending them out as the. But you know these look a hell of a lot more classy than that would ever you know look. Yeah, he definitely spent some time and put a lot of energy and thought into this. So it's that's really nice. It looks like it is selling for twelve fifty a pound, or 12, I guess twelve pounds. Twelve 50. pounds fifty. What is that? Pence or shillings or what, what the hell is it over there? Quid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think it is pence. I, okay. I think it's just twelve dollar or twelve pounds fifty pence. I don't know. Who knows? Twelve and a half pounds. I'm pretty sure that? they just use fish and chips over there. As okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> it. How many chips is this, sir? Okay. Oh, it's, it's 12 chips. <laughs> and how many fish? Fried fish. Oh, okay. 
I, he's also doing a small wheel attachment. He got the TR maker, small wheel attachment. Um, yeah. So tag me in this, but I didn't see it. It's, it's really cool. And you can see the, uh, Vander Sander in the back, the right. Yeah. In the background. That's really cool. Um, so you use that TR maker, small wheel attachment. I do. You, you must love it if you're still using it. I do love it. I okay. think it's really innovative. Um, the big difference between that and any other small wheel attachment I've used is that it has like a nylon or like a PVC. I don't know. It's like squishy, hard rubber mm-hmm. on the outside of the wheels. And that reduces the amount of chatter. In fact, it eliminates yes, it. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, my other set, which is just all, it must be some sort of, I don't think it's stainless, but it's like high carbon steel or something. Um, it's not mild steel because it doesn't okay. wear away, but that, that they chatter so much. And yeah. um, I just, it's when you're doing handle work and you're, you know, you're trying to get, speaking of which, I just really want to mention somebody that I've been following on YouTube, Wengel's Workshop. I don't know oh, if yeah? you followed him on yet on Instagram, but he gave, he did something so obvious that I would have never thought of, but he does. <laughs> okay. So he makes his handles. He glues them up. And you know how the handle overhangs the blade, right? Yeah. He uses a uh, a flush cut uh, router bit on a router table. And oh. He, and he, yeah. And he, and he you know, um, basically works the handle down to the blade. You know, he sets the depth of the bearing to the actual blade handle. Mm-hmm. And then so you can't, you know, miss and hit, you know, hit the right. steel. And then uh, flush cuts. And then that if he wants to, genius. it's freaking genius. And, and this then you is put on forty five. Then you put on a forty five bit, and you know, a put in your rough. Chamfer. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like I when I watched him do this, I was like, why doesn't anyone else do this? I'm sure people do it. I mean, I don't know. We're just I've the never two. Seen... We're the last two dumbasses who didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it. And so, if you want to follow him, he's got four hundred eighty four followers on Instagram. Oh, jeez, we'll jump Wangle's that up. Workshop. And Here. it's all one word. His name is Cole right Angle. It's W E N G E L S workshop. Wang like W Angle's workshop. I think it's Wangle's. But he also has a YouTube channel. And I'm just gonna click on his YouTube link to just see how many followers he's got. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and stop that. Uh, he's got twelve thousand three hundred subscribers right now on wow. YouTube. So Good he's yeah, he's he's climbing the ladder. And how he's doing it on YouTube is through consistency. He's like making yes. a video, you know. You know, everything I'm not this. doing. Well, you know, you're a busy guy. You're actually selling knives. You're making and selling knives. I mean, you. we talked about this. This is not your ultimate goal was not to become a YouTuber. You were just right. like, you know. So you're also, by the way, you're working on doing a lot of Instagram stuff. You're collaborating with me and Ben. And, we're, you know, mm-hmm. so you're you're. I think me my in my head, I think that it's personally better to spread yourself out a little bit because you know one day YouTube might not be the thing and Instagram might not be the thing anymore. Sure. Um, you know, so it's all gonna all be time. TikTok. <laughs> uh, Speaking yeah. of TikTok, I am currently banned for I think two or three days to post anything. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, you banned on TikTok. Yeah, literally. So you know, you I know you've seen a couple of my videos, and for those of you yeah. who are listening who haven't, you know, I'm just showing knife making processes, or you know, I'll stop halfway through once you know I, I'm in a spot where the thing looks pretty, 
and basically just show it off, you know, show off the Damascus, show off the shape, whatever. And especially at that point, it's not sharp. It's not dangerous. It's not, you know, anything that could hurt me. But every single time I post one, or at least it seems like, you know, 50-50, it, as soon as I post it, it gets taken down for dangerous yeah. acts. Well, I, I, uh, I had this exact conversation with Mike Lavalley. Yeah. Uh, before he left um, to be deployed, he um, he called me. He's like, he's like, I'm getting all my posts are getting taken down on TikTok. And yeah. I was like, are you showing knives? He's like, yep. I'm like that dude. I told can't him all about it. your situation and everything. So yeah, you can't really even show it. He but said the he doesn't crazy even say. Part. He doesn't say anything in his videos either. There's no audio. So yeah. you're dead on with the whole image recognition thing. They're somehow they're figuring yeah. that whole thing out. I don't know how they're doing it. But, but the yeah. crazy part is, is that I go through and I follow a lot of knife maker TikTok people. And there are so people are who are, are sitting there showing off their knives. They're cutting things. You know, there's a couple of people that like shave their arm, which could, you know, if you're being if you're being super analytical about it, that could be potentially dangerous even though it's not really anybody with half a brain would realize it's not actually dangerous, but you know, it's just hilarious that, you know, showing off a knife on TikTok is so bad that they need to take down your account for a couple of days. And, you know, it, I'm not like completely taken down, you know, people can still see my stuff. I just can't post anything new, which just means, you know, as, as of course, with everything, you know, if you're not constantly posting, then people are looking other, other places instead of at your stuff. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been messing with TikTok much because I've been really trying to figure out Instagram. Instagram for me, I think, is a little bit more valuable. Yeah. But I, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I, at some point, I'll probably be forced to go over to TikTok and I'll probably yeah. be forced to dance in my underwear. <laughs> um, because Just so they won't ban you. Right. Well, I mean, that's apparently that's what is OK that's what they on want, TikTok. Right. Yeah, because right. that's like all I see now. It's like I, I open up TikTok and it's just like it's borderline, you know, porno. It's like, what right. is going on here? Like, I don't yeah. get this. And then, of course, you show a knife and it's like, oh, no, you can't do that. Right. Take that's dangerous to people. <laughs> Silliness. But the thing with uh, Instagram Reels, though, is it's trying to be Instagram, but for old people. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm posting almost the exact same stuff on Instagram and, you know, I get a moderate amount of, you know, good feedback from it. Reels is killing it. If you're not doing reels, you're missing out. You should make reels. It's it, it's like an immediate boost to your follower. Right. Too, and, because people are following me through those reels. Right. And I think, you know, the, the real thing is <laughs> real thing, reels. Um, <laughs> But it's it's just the fact that you're breaking out of your own followers. So the right. people that are subscribed to you obviously see almost all of your posts. So you're, you're just kind of, you know, trading in the same circles over and over again, where with reels, you're breaking out of that, which is kind of the, you know, the whole reason to go on TikTok is because, you know, it's all people that don't know you. Thus, you know, a very small percentage, of course, will you know, think that you're cool enough to follow and a small percentage of that will actually buy your stuff. But, True. you know, if you post the exact same thing on Instagram, it's just the same, you know, however many followers and then maybe you'll get an extra hundred or, you know, if a post does really well, you might have an extra thousand people that, you know, aren't following you actually see your stuff. But with TikTok and it seems like with Instagram reels, it's breaking out of that bubble. 
I think so too. I, I, I mean, there's people that are watching my stuff that, you know, they're not following me, but they're new, new viewers. And I think that my, my goal, like your goal with social media has always been exposure, right? Yeah, and, for sure. You know, and so here, here's my take on this. Even if they don't follow you, if they watch your video, the algorithm pushes it to more people. Okay. And so, yeah, you want the follows, but you really want the exposure. And yes, maybe it's like, you know, a million people in Pakistan are looking at your stuff. But <laughs> be, but because those million people in Pakistan are looking at it, it's going to push it out to people who might be potentially your customers in the U.S. Right. as well. So like, I just kind of see it as like, um, you know, any media is good media. You know, sure. so just push it out there. Just see what happens. I mean, God, like, look at that video I made with Dexter and just. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but, it, you know, it's almost got 20,000 views. And that would be close to my, I think that is my most viewed video on Instagram to date. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah. Who That's knows? All right. We'll go back to uh, Workforce Projects. Uh, Maximus Knives in Lufkin, Texas. He uh, took a photo of the outside of a, his new uh, workspace, his new shop. And he tagged uh, work for it projects in it. And I think that's awesome. And dude, I, I am a big fan of looking at people's workspaces. I think it's neat to see. Some Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or 7-Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm going to take a workspace or take a space and transform it into a workspace. I just find it fascinating to see how people think and how they set their, themselves up. So really cool. Congratulations on the new space. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of new spaces, did you uh, <laughs> did you get into the haunted workshop yet? So I am now waiting for him to do all of the structural repairs before I go in there. Oh, there's structural um, stuff. Yeah, like I said, with that that wall portion, oh, yeah. you know, being messed up, and you know, water and sewage and all that needing to be hooked up. So I it see. sounds like it's going to be a couple weeks to a month before he's that's all going to be you know fixed. So for the past, you know, especially this past week, I've been driving all the way to Auburn, you know, to do my work, which, you know, sucks, but it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, I did actually just finish up a batch of knives, which I'm really proud of. I saw the um, photos. They look awesome. I actually, right. You've been seeing all of the ones I've been posting in the, in the uh, making but I actually have the finished photo there, but I, I'm also doing these reels where I'm showing off each one. So I don't know whether I'm going to post all of those reels um, before I drop the finished or I guess, what, what do you think? Should I, should I, you know, intersperse? Any media is good media. I mean, I okay. think you should share every single thing. I mean, right. know, every, every time I think ah, nobody would care about that. And then I make a video about it. It seems to do well. And, it, and I think, again, it's a consistency thing. You're just getting yourself in front of people. Um, I've kind of given up the whole concept of I'm going to, like, you know, keep this quiet until the, you know, whenever it's done or whatever. Sure. People don't give a shit about that. 
They don't care about a reveal. They don't care about you going, okay, you know, hyping things. Like, it's been done over poorly, and people do it all over the, you know, with social media, and it sucks. So just post and, and share your journey and talk about it. I think it's great. The one thing that I did, you know, focus on in the last, you know, week or so is I've I've made I've made I've taken pictures and I've kind of already, you know, pre-done my what I'm going to post on each one, but I made like 12 of them ahead of time so that I can have, you know, a post in the morning and a post at night and not really have to worry about like, you know, having to go into the shop and make something, you know, do something cool enough to post. You know, the stress is off because, you know, I have two, you know, a solid, you know, weeks worth of content, you know, just kind of in my back pocket and I can post it as I go. That's a super interesting concept because I don't think many people are thinking like that. They're just willy nilly posting, you know, they're just putting things up as they're doing it, and which is fine, too. That could be your style. But if you, but, want you know, consistency, oh, sorry, if you want consistency. You would need to do what you're doing. That way you're not missing something. You know, you're right. not, maybe well, there might be a day where you don't get into the shop and you don't. Right. Get, for you sure. Especially if you live an hour away. Yeah. And, you know, listening to that podcast and I forget what it's called that Ben was telling us about where, you know, consistency is key and it comes right down to are you posting at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and then 1130 in the evening or in the late after, you know, late morning and you know, so four thirty in the it's evening. A timing it's thing? right down to like the almost the minute within like a five minute you know sway. Really? Yeah. So like if you you post every day at the same time is what they're saying. You should. You should. I mean, obviously, I'm how I'm not quite hell? that diligent. Yeah. How the hell can you do that? I I, I spent last night trying to set up Hootsuite. Have you ever heard of Hootsuite? I'm not quite sure what that is. Okay, so it's it's like it basically synchronizes all your social media for you and puts like all your comments into one inbox. Ooh, and like, that yeah, sounds okay. nice. Oh, it sounds nice. Right? It sounds like it should <laughs> do whatever. So I'm not going to get into it because I'm going to sound like an old man complaining about technology, but like it just didn't work. Like it, it basically every single time I tried to post something, it was like, well, the aspect ratio from that video doesn't work with, you know, this. Oh, jeez. You know, and, and it's like, well, if I have to format every single video to work with every single different social media platform, why would I bother to use your software? Right. Like, I might as well just manually upload them like I have been doing across platform. So, right. you know, it did not do what I wanted it to do. I canceled the, you know, I mean, it's not cheap. It's like 600 bucks a year. To Holy have, shit. Have, yeah. Yeah. To have this software. So I canceled it right away. I'm looking for an alternative because I hate to like talk like this because it sounds like I'm bra bragging, but I can't keep up with the amount of social media. I mean, I post something and I, I need to be responding to comments and talking right. to people. I dude, when I cross post post something to Facebook and Instagram, I get so confused because there's just there's <laughs> yeah. literally sometimes 50, 60 comments in the first hour. And mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, I can't respond to everybody, you know, so like I feel like an asshole and I'm thinking, OK, if I can get all of these comments on one page. Right. And I could see them. And it was a really cool interface. Like if it sure. would have functioned right, I think I would have really liked it. But. And like you're saying, you know, you get so many comments in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes to an hour. Um, 
you and know, that's when it, you need to be responding. That's when you need to be responding because if you if someone asks you a question or puts something and then you respond to them, you're getting you're more than likely going to get another response from them. Now, instead of having one comment, you have two, three, maybe four if someone else chimes you have in. A whole thread. And then the more people comment, the more your your singular post blows up because the algorithm's like, Oh my gosh, people are talking about this. We better yeah. show it to more. Yes. And so it's so critical to respond, critical. you know, especially in the first hour for sure. But as yeah. pe- I try to, as much as I can respond to people as they're being posted so that, you know, you can kind of, you know, benefit from that algorithm being as stupid as it is. So if I post a video to YouTube, I'll get like 200 comments within, you know, the first maybe eight hours of the video being up or whatever. Mm hmm. It's literally like I have to do it on a Saturday. So like I'll post a video on a Saturday to YouTube and I will just sit on my couch and respond to comments. It's a full time job. I mean, it's not a full time job, but it very well could be if you're posting every day like it's an all day event. It's an all day event because it's so important when I post something to YouTube. It's like so important that you engage right away Mm -hmm. for the algorithm to kind of push your video out. And. Uh, I don't know how people do that. Like, how do people, I look at, uh, I'll use a bomb 79 as an example. I don't know if you know who a bomb is, but he's like a machinist and he does okay. YouTube videos. He's got, I don't know, probably half a million or a million subscribers right now on YouTube. The guy is prolific. Like his video work is amazing. It's not like, it's kind of like machine shop vlogging for, okay. for a better lack of a better term. And he responds to me. I mean, like, you're I'm like, how do you, how do you, how do you do this? And I don't know. And like April Wilkinson too, like, like she responds to my comments and I, I just don't know how people find the time to do it. I don't, you know, I'm just thinking to myself like this must be their, they have chosen this path. So like they right. really want to. And sure I guess to, that. to kind of confirm this idea that one TikTok that got, it's now almost at 170,000 views. Um, literally for the first two days that it was up almost all day, I was sitting there and responding to every single com- I would, you know, reload the comments and I'd have sure. a full, you know, long list of people. And I would go through and say, thank you, you know, thumbs up, smiley face, you know, you know, a lot of them were just, you know, the, the muscle, you know, the, the flex and then like a, a forge hammers cross, you know, sure. basically you just go through and res- I responded to every single thing. And even to this date, that is, I, I get more, you know, views and comments on that one piece of content that is still going out. And it seems like I'll I'll spend like a half an hour and just respond to everyone that I get. And, you know, you can kind of see it like regenerate a little bit and get more as it's this as you're sitting there and looking at it. The same thing is happening on Instagram. I always thought that Instagram, you know, the video came and went right And the Instagram didn't push it at a late. Like most of the time, if I post something to Instagram within the first eight hours, 10 hours, it's not being fed out to the. to the community anymore right right and this video i just checked it again in the time you and i have been talking it got 400 more views oh my god yeah and and that's from monday and today's wednesday so my theory of these videos getting you know not pushed out after a period of time is now false 
it's not correct. They're still pushing this video to people and I'm still getting followers from it. Right. So I, it blows my mind that this is the, maybe this is the whole thing that uh, what's his face from Instagram uh, executive, the, the, the what he was saying about Instagram t- turning into more of a video platform than just oh, a photo sure. share. So maybe that's the change they made, you know, that they're pushing video a little bit harder uh, because I rarely post a photo anymore. I'm just posting video. So I, I just don't know. And again, I may, I waste so much time thinking about this. Really what I should do is just be making this the content and not right. worrying about it. I should just be uploading everything and talking about it. So, but, uh, but anyway, so if, if you are anybody out there who is listening is in the social media world and understands what I'm asking for, I need a Hootsuite alternative that I can post something and it goes out to multiple platforms and I don't have to format each piece and blah, blah, blah. I just want. And then also, I'd like to be able to see all my comments from every different platform. Because, Brian, I would use YouTube stories more. I oh, would for use, sure. I would use YouTube posts more um, and YouTube shorts more if it was easier to post there, to cross post. <laughs> if it wasn't it such a pain doing, in the ass. It's and a, it seems like. pain in the ass. Like how often do you go through and like you're watching YouTube and you stop and actually look at a short because, you know, especially when you're in the mode for watching YouTube, you want to put something on and, you know, sit back and watch it. How often do you click on a, you know, 30 second to one minute video on YouTube? That seems like such a weird, you know, it is. There's a few people that I do watch, like Peter McKinnon always, you know, puts out these little shorts that I'll sit and watch. But yeah, it seems it, like there's very few people that will actually sit and watch their shorts on YouTube. Well, because you trust Peter McKinnon. You yeah, trust yeah, that he's going to yeah. make good content and he because he does. I mean, he makes excellent content he, and even his shorts are excellent. I think the shorts work for me and stories work for me on YouTube when I'm on my mobile device. Only. OK, that makes so sense. if I'm scrolling and I see like, you know, there's like a tray that comes up that has just like shorts and stories in it. Mm hmm. And I'll see like, you know, um, Steve Ramsey is a great uh, example because like he'll, he'll he'll make content and it'll get like six million views in the first day oh, on a short. And and it's because it's super interesting. You know, the guy tells a story in one minute and it's awesome. And it's about his workshop or woodworking or whatever. And you're just like, God, I get sucked into this shit. So, you know, yeah, it, it, it can work, but your content has to be uber good. Uber good, right? Uber good. Like top tier, like Peter McKinnon stuff. so all right so i'm i'm done with work for projects i mean there's there's a bunch in here but oh man i had one more i wanted to talk to you about real quick go uh this guy i'm not quite sure if you know this one his name is dexmex 34 (laughs) posted this really cool knife he made with his dad yeah (laughs) and i love the photo that he took of his first knife and the knife that he made Yeah. yeah isn't that cool yeah that was like those are two years apart Oh my good! Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, I I know that he is, you know, obviously is a high schooler, but holy shit, that's such a huge jump in quality. Yeah, he made that first knife when he was in in middle school. Oh my that's, goodness! That's ten ninety five. That's actually a Dan from uh, Dan Kamu from DC Knives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to his website, but he's got a ton of knife templates, like okay, free, like free ones where you can download. And Dexter decided to download that one, and we printed it out. This was back in the day when. I didn't have hardly any tools. We were just kind of screwing around and, uh, you know, we, he treated it in the, in the old ceramic kiln and all of that. And 
um, cut it all out. We're using an angle grinder and everything else. But yeah, we had a great time building that knife. He calls it the Mako, which I think is kind of fitting. nice. And then, of course, the Gyoto that he made. And that Gyoto took him some time. Like he worked on the blade a while. I mean, mm-hmm. the, that took him a long time, but he hand hammered that himself. And then um, that's AEBL stainless. And then we heat treated it. And then uh, the handles, I mean, I did some of the handle work for him, you know, just to kind of help him out with, like, the, the brass piece sure, and sure. all that. But, no, he, he crushed it. He killed it. I mean, That's a super awesome. talented kid. So, Like I said on a comment, you know, it, I really think that he needs to set up, you know, if, if he wants to spend a little bit more time on it, I guarantee you people will follow along with his, especially – you know, he's such a young guy and he's making totally. that level of work. He's going to go if he takes knife making seriously and that's what he wants to do. And, you know, you, you never want to push that on him. But, you know, holy shit, could he go places? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure his interest level in knives has really gotten strong recently. And I think that's awesome. I don't know what he's going to do with it. But, um, you know, he 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 like me follows a bunch of. Uh, YouTubers, you know, like Jeremy, Simple Little Life, You're right, for sure. um, Outdoors 55, Alex over there. And now these guys are following him, Ooh. you know, so that feels it, good. It does feel good. It's it's neat to, you know, these are guys that he's watched Like he turned me on to Alex Outdoors uh, 55. Okay. And, um, you know, so it, it, it's like the, his own celebrity, you know, like the guys that he kind of puts up on a pedestal. Right. following him on Instagram now. And, you know, it might be because of his dad a little bit, uh, sure. you know, my connections there, but there's definitely something that they wouldn't, I don't think they would follow him if they didn't feel like he had real true potential for sure, because, you know, he's not just posting garbage. Right. So, and I think, man, that's, that's, awesome. that's one thing I've had over the, the past year or so, you know, obviously the biggest one is I was doing a live stream and you jumped in. I don't even remember what I was doing. But it's like, holy cow, Brian House is on my live stream. And I, you know, kind of freaked out a little bit. It was cool. Well, you and were then, forging with CJ. And then I just jumped in. And uh, yeah, and you guys invited me on and we we spoke. And yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest, like, I don't see myself like that. You know, people see like, oh, man, you know, Brian House and that Blade show. I was, you know, I took a million pictures with people and stuff. And it was really fun. But like, I don't see myself as like that. I don't it's really odd to me, you know, that people go, Oh, it'd be so cool to meet you. Like right. I get messages all the time where people are like, I'm coming to Florida. I want to hang out. And like, I don't have the time. I'm really right. sorry. You know, I'm working a lot. I'm like, I tell right. people, this is what I joke. I tell them like, look, if you're coming to Naples or you're coming to like near around here to vacation, how about you give me four hours of your time and you will come here and you will pack parts and we'll hang out and we'll do that. Nobody okay. has taken me up on that. I have just bought my plane ticket. I'll be down there next week. <laughs> because if you think about it, right? I mean, my work day is very busy and, and I'd love to hang out with everybody, of course. But uh, if you want to hang out, we can definitely do that. But we're going to pack parts. Right. Know, we're gonna, that's hanging we're gonna, out to us. That's, that's to me. Working is hanging out. So yes, we're going to do it. We don't get ahead by just like hanging out at the beach. I did plenty of that <laughs> in my teens and my early twenties, but now I'm Yeah, that's not fun anyways. Who needs a tan? I, I'm with you. I, I can take her to leave the beach now. I'm I've been here too long. <laughs> I'm Florida, Florida. Jaded man, Floridian sure. down exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. But uh all right, so moving forward, we are an hour into the show. 
and I would like to pull a, a dad joke. I've gotten so many. <clears throat> I don't even know how to sort these because so many people send me dad jokes now. And like really good dad jokes, by the way. Like yeah. uh, yesterday, last night, I get a text message from Jason from the Hustle and Grind podcast. He <laughs> sent me a TikTok of a woman reading uh, dad jokes. Oh, yeah. It was good. It was really good. It yeah, he and I were talking. I was on his podcast for this. Oh, shoot, I don't think it's out yet. Is it not out? It's coming out Tuesday, right? Right. Or it was this last one. Anyways, I, I, I call back and forth to him pretty frequently, but he was talking about he was, you know, finding a bunch of dad jokes on TikTok and immediately sending it over to you. So all of the people out there who are listening, inundate Brian House's TikTok <laughs> feed with as many dad jokes as you can find. Just flood them. <laughs> oh man all right so uh are you ready do you have i, I your, gotta warm up just for a second you, you gotta all right warm up with your your trombone there but um i'm gonna read a dad joke from bring them kindle bring them i know you listen to the podcast i appreciate you you sent me a whole bunch in early august you sent me um a bunch of dad jokes and so um this one uh, you just tell me when you're ready because i'm good man uh, all right here we go I was going to cook alligator for dinner, but I realized I only had a crock pot. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't warm up enough. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one. Bring him. I appreciate it, man. That, that was a good one. And um, there's uh, he's he sent me some really good ones. There, <laughs> that guy is hilarious. Uh, apparently you can't use beef stew as a password. It's not stroganoff. Yeah, I like that one. That one actually made Sarah laugh pretty hard. So I appreciate everybody sending me dad jokes because I'm actually (laughs) running out of dad jokes. I have a calendar on my desk that I got from my youngest son, Emerson. And it's every day you tear, you know, you tear off the page. And it's got a new dad joke, but the dad jokes on that calendar are not that great. Okay. They're just not. not So here's what I'm seeing. So you're running out of dad jokes. All of you who are listening, the last three posts on Brian House's feed, put your favorite dad joke in the comments. (laughs) Hell, do that for mine too. We can all use the interaction. Absolutely. Yeah. it, It would be great engagement. Yeah, know, dude. To have everybody, and and it's funny because there's like people that um, people that I don't know are now sending me dad jokes. Like I have no idea who these people are. They're like, oh, I, li- I listen to the podcast. He's a great dad joke. They send me a bunch of stuff. It's 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 awesome. I got I got to tell go. you how appreciative I am of the community that has rallied around our work and what we are, what we stand for, what we talk about, and how we do it. There has been such massive positive feedback on pretty much everything I do, um, you know, in social media and obviously, you know, buying from me and, you know, supporting my work. By I was just going to say on that note, my books are open guys. <laughs> really? Okay. But I need some work. Okay. I like yeah. it. That, yeah. The, here's the thing about that. When you need work, you ask for it because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, man, that that's how it works. And, um, I have this saying and, um, I, I, when I'm in a groove with something and I've had a few periods of my life where 
I felt like I was really on the right path. Like I was doing the right things and, and all of the, um, like the, it felt as if the universe was conspiring to my success. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Sure. So I came up with this concept and I, and or this sort of this mantra where I say all lights are green. Mm-hmm. And that means like you're, you know, you're staring down a long road, a long path and, you know, all the streetlights are green, meaning hit the gas, go, you know, sure. work hard, you know, move forward. Don't think too much. Don't have paralysis by analysis. Make things happen. All lights are green. Never in my life have I had a period of time that has lasted this long where I've done something wow. like contributed to a community, done the work that I really, truly am passionate about. Have I felt like the lights have been green this long. It almost, it almost seems like the lights are green for like, say like two months and then they, they die out. This is going on now two years of solid green light. That has been my biggest issue right now is, you know, it seems like, you know, my orders come in and it seems like I get like 20 or 30 orders all in, you know, a couple of weeks. And then, you know, I work through those 20, 30 orders and I don't get anything for a long, long time. Well, I just finished up that, you know, that glut of you know 20 30 orders and i'm like i've got one or two but that's not really enough to start a whole batch and you know you're thinking like of course you know christmas is coming so people are going to start thinking about that but it's just i'm kind of in a scary spot where i'm start you know i'm looking at my financials to start up this new shop and it's like well you know i don't exactly have a boatload of orders and you know things could just dry up at any moment this is the ebb and flow of business, though. I mean, it's common. I mean, when you initially start a business, there's there's lulls. In fact, there's lulls in long term businesses as well. You just got to plan for it. And then also, I think. You'll notice a correlation between how much social media marketing you're doing and these lulls. So like if you're pushing, doing a lot of social use this time to create a new product or push a new product or just literally share everything you're doing and create mm-hmm. something new or get creative, do a raffle, sure. uh, you know, do an auction. You know, there's all kinds of ways to generate income and your followership, which is getting bigger by the day, is going to support you. And especially get on there and say, hey, guys, I need some work. And people love that, dude. I mean, they love it. They will listen to you and they'll go, you know what? Hey, man, make me a paring knife. I don't have like a ton of money, but like, sure. you know, I got like 150 bucks. What can you do for 150? Bu- oh, you know? yeah, I can make that work for sure. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's really, you know, to be communicative with your people is important. And so that they understand, because, you know, not everybody's thinking about buying a knife right, right. in the middle of summer, you know. Right. Um, this is such this is totally like the dog days of summer. Where people, what, what about this idea? Christmas is, you know, five months away and you would say like, hey, if you guys are considering giving a Christmas gift, now is the time to start that process. I actually you. was thinking about, you know, getting like a Christmas, like what uh, a Santa hat and like going the full, you know, go full Santa. I, I think you, you, you could definitely <laughs> do it. I'm going to build like Santa anyway. Because so. <laughs> you kind of look like Santa Claus a little bit. Oh. Like you got the rosy cheeks and stuff and the beard. <laughs> like you're a young Santa, obviously. Right, right. But uh, but it would be really funny. Like a marketing ploy in the middle of the summer. That say is... like, 
hey, look, if you decide you want to do, if you're, you know, start thinking about Christmas now <laughs> and let's make these knives now, right? For, you know, for, for sure. your Christmas rush, because you're going to get a Christmas rush. For sure. So being told, hey, you already kind of looked like Santa is the nicest way to say, hey, you're a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what no, I said. I know, I know, you have, I know. You're, I know. You're, you're jolly. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. You're kind of jolly. And I like that about you. That's very. Uh, there's not, listen, you have. <laughs> no, you, I'm joking. I'm completely joking. You don't yourself. have to do that. No, no. I, I, I've put my foot in my mouth on the regular, so I'm used to it. But I, here's what I will say. You, you're a very, like, handsome-looking man, you know, for your for your age and, like, what you, you have the beard going on. And you're, by the way, All you're right. so positive that I think people are drawn to you. But I think Ben was the one that actually said you look like Santa Claus in, like, a couple <laughs> episodes back. I mean, he was saying, and I, I, I thought about it, and I was like, wow, that's, like, ballsy to say because it's kind of true. But at the same time, it's funny as shit. So, like, I mean. Yeah, I love it. it. You could leverage this for social media and crush it for Christmas. Because yeah. if you get these orders right now, let's just say you get, like, 20, 30 orders for Christmas. Because people aren't, dude, I don't know about you, but, like, when Christmas comes, I'm scrambling. I'm like, oh I don't my know God, what to sure. get people. I'm like, wait until like, you know, December 20th to start shopping and stuff. And that is, you know, you, if you remind all these people, like get your, you know, you know, uh, did you ever watch that, um, murder, Murloc? What's that guy's name that did supersize me? He made all those, um, Morgan um, Spurlock, Morgan Spurlock. I don't think I've, I don't think I've watched that one. Did, did you watch uh, the one where they had the knife makers on? It's like called Crafted, I think, is the name of it. It's it's a documentary he did for Netflix like 10 years ago. Again, I'm sorry. I don't think. All I right. All it. right. No, no problem. If you haven't seen it, you have Netflix. Go find it. OK. And and watch the knife making. It's, it, there's different segments. There's like ceramics. There's all the, you know, people that do these different crafts. Right. Okay, Handmade cool. stuff. Sounds there's, cool. This was my first introduction like 10 years ago to people that actually hand make knives. Like I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, and he uh, talks to these two knife makers in the mountains of North Carolina. I think they're somewhere in, in the Carolina area, like Blue Ridge Mountains. They Someone did an article on them and it was put in a magazine. I don't remember which magazine. It was like a big one, like Martha Stewart or, you know, Architectural Digest. I don't remember what it was. And these guys like became like overnight, they became full time, <clears throat> excuse me, full time knife makers because of wow. this article. So their spiel, their shtick is that you send them something and they make a knife out of it. Whoa. So like, yeah. So like, that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> it, it does, but it doesn't. Here, here's, here's what they do. Like people will send them like a piece of their wedding dress and they'll put that in epoxy and make like right, a hand on my for card a knife. I- Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just like, you know, layered into epoxy or whatever. Sure. Or um, another guy like sent a tie rod from a like his first car. Like it was like a Volkswagen Beetle and it got destroyed. It was like totaled and he kept the tie rod and it was high carbon steel. So these guys there made they made need. a knife out of it. Right. And and people are paying an absolute premium for this right. because it is unique to them. You know, That's it's, so it's, cool. a, you, yeah. And, uh, Morgan did a great job with that documentary. So go out and find, I think it's called crafted or th- I don't know what it's called. Just go look it up. Morgan Spurlock, handmade, whatever, type it into Google, you find it. Sure. And, and, um, the, the segment on the knife makers is really interesting because it's just two guys in the mountains making knives 
and this was way before the craze. You know, this is like 10 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, interesting piece. And I think that you could also offer that, you know, to somebody say like, you know, do you have a piece of cloth or clothing or, you know, anything, and, you know. <laughs> Grandma's ashes, say, you know, the uh, things that hey, are sentimental. <laughs> I've thought about that, you know, mixing ash into epoxy. Like, I don't know what the legalities of that is. I, I might stick allowed. away from that. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, you <laughs> Human know, remains, you know. Outside, out of bounds. It might be a little bit weird, but yeah, like just <laughs> stuff like that. Maybe a, from a pet, you know, sure. who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it's a little weird, but you know, people like that kind of thing. Screw it. They, Let's they, do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm into it. Like do, any way you can set yourself apart from the crowd. Yeah. Is, and is one thing I was going to bring up is I really think that I need to, you know, diversify what I offer so that, you know, it seems like, you know, my knives range anywhere from the low hundreds to, you know, I think the, the most expensive knife I've sold is, you know, eight or 700 and some, you know, you know, that is such a high end market. I feel like I need to start offering something smaller or, you know, less expensive that you can actually support me without, you know, having yes. to throw down the big bucks. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I will mention him again. I think I've mentioned him to you before, but Marcus from MW Steelworks, mm -hmm. he has an entire EDC, uh, a knife uh, a category that is all sub 200 bucks. Right. And, and, and they sell out. I mean, because it's a, it's, it makes sense. It's under 200 bucks. They're EDC knives. They're mono steel. They're super interesting looking. He does a fantastic job with them. Mm. He, um, you know, the, he even puts a sheath with it, but he doesn't make his own sheaths. He buys like a, you know, a $10, you know, leather sheath. It's nice. It's a nice sheath, but he's not hand making them. And it takes all that time out of it. And he's crushing it. He's killing it. His knives, I mean, he's got some awesome stuff. And it's because he's in that price range where, you know, people aren't spending $500 on a culinary right. knife. And by the way, culinary knives, are they just take so much time, you know, yes, to, to make. So I would encourage you to, I know that's not your favorite thing in the world to make EDCs, but. Well, you know, actually, I mean, I do have a couple EDC, you know, knives that I love making for sure. But the reason why I'm saying that is, you know, I was kind of inspired by your setup. You know, obviously you have the grinder, which is kind of the your more premium, the high dollar type thing. I mean, relatively, it's it is, you know, kind of the the higher end of your your sales. But then you have your knobs, you have so many, you know, you have sticker packs, you know, you have so many in the, you know, really low dollar value where, you know, people can be like, hey, I want to support Brian House but I don't need a grinder or I don't want to drop however, you know, however much that is, yep. um, you know, being able to sell those low dollar things, you actually get a few more sales and, you know, that shit pay, you know, adds up and pays the bills. It definitely does. I mean, the, a, a majority of my sales, like I shipped 51 packages today. That was mm -hmm. how many went out. Uh, and of that 51, I think 20 were grinders, you know, uh, like 10 grinders total because there's two boxes per and then the rest were off stuff you know things like stickers and handles and knobs and and uh printed plans and all this stuff. and that's where the money is you know that's like the bread and butter um you know i i when i was in college i used to make these bracelets and they mm -hmm. were like cuffs really you know they were like um, made out of silver Okay. And 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 it was they're really simple to make. You can you can buy the silver already kind of like uh flat stock like octagonal or whatever and then you just like 
basically hammer it down. A lot of people don't know this, but I studied jewelry for like four years. I studied handmade jewelry um, and I made handmade jewelry. That was my someday, first initial... you know, when I'm in the shopping for a wedding ring, I'm going to hit you up. <laughs> I, you know, I've done some lost wax casting and stuff like that. I've, I've done a lot of that, but I just, it's really difficult and I don't, I <laughs> haven't really perfected it. Go to a jeweler. You don't want to oh. buy one of my pieces. Come on, but, man. Uh, I do have I, on my desk in front of me right here. I have a lot of my pieces that I, that I've made over the years. And, um, that was my, my first introduction into metal work was working with jewelry, making, making things that people wear. And it's, you would be so surprised at like how inexpensive it is to make a handmade, like say, um, wrist cuff, you know, just made out of brass or made out of silver or whatever, mm-hmm. very inexpensive. And, you know, you, you make it kind of unique and, they sell, you know, people buy them because it's a piece of you, you know, like you, you know, for Christmas gifts and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying to go out and make jewelry, but it's just another <laughs> idea, you know, like you're already doing metalwork. You already have the anvil. You already have the hammers and, and, and the forge and everything else. You could very easily transition into things like that, uh, where it's just going to add to your repertoire of things that you could offer to your, to your, um, your clientele. So yeah, just something to think about. Yeah, for sure. It's like, what do you love to do though? You know, you love making knives. I, as Absolutely. I and that's, you know, you know there's always like, you know, my, my grandparents were really my, you know, introduction to making things They're One of, one of the things that they do is they, they take ends of spoons and, you know, they cut off or really any, you know, silverware, they cut off, you know, the silverware portion, just use the handle and make bracelets or, sure. you know, a, there's a million different things that they've kind of, you know, taken that into and and they've made kind of like a small business in their retirement just kind of selling that type of stuff so you know i just need to find what that little craft is that is interesting enough that people will buy but you know isn't such a pain in the ass that you know i won't want to do it yeah you want to make it easy enough to where you can make you know 50 of them in one sitting or something and then just sell them over time on your website or whatever so the other yeah. thing that I've been kind of looking into is doing like, you know, having cups or shirts or stuff like that made. But, you know, that that just yeah. doesn't seem very I mean, maybe I'll do something like a one version of a shirt or one you know size of cup or something like that. But it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's me, you know. Merch is tough, dude. I'll tell you, I'm I'm not a big fan of merch. I I I just I think people would buy my shirts if I posted them, but it wouldn't be a big money maker. I think people want something you've made, you right? Know, they want you, you know. That's what they're. I think a lot of makers don't think like this. They should. They, they you know, people buy are buying a piece of them, right? You know, a piece of their sweat and blood and tears. And it's it's like when I buy something from another maker, every time I hold that thing or look at it, I think of the maker. Mm-hmm. To me, that is very valuable. You know, it's sure. it's a value. It's a very valuable thing. Somebody told me that the, you know the reason why I've, I've been so successful in the grinder game is because people want a piece of me in the grinder in the grinder world. And I don't know if that's exactly true. I think grinders is a little. Off I think that it's a combination. Path. I think it's a combination of you know you because you're a very infectious, you know, very likable type of person. But also, you know, you can go on YouTube and watch your entire journey of, you know, making it. Yeah, and if you true. sit down and you watch through all that, 
at the end of it, or probably well before the end of it, you know, you're pretty fired up to buy one if you oh, have yeah. a need I, for it. What's funny is, is that I get these people buying the kits and they go, well, you know, the hinges are different and all that. I'm like, oh, you didn't finish the series because <laughs> they didn't watch all the way through. They didn't ever, they never made it all the way to Gen 4, you wow. know? So, yeah, and you're right. People are watching up to Gen 2 and Gen 3 and they're buying Gen, they what they think is Gen 3 or Gen 2. And they're getting Gen 4. They're like, wow, it comes with tracking. Comes with, I'm like, yeah, you, <laughs> you obviously didn't read the website that way you were buying. And then you also didn't follow the entire, you know, of course, it's hours and hours and hours of video. So, like, I don't right. expect people to do that. But those old videos, man, they get pushed out to the algorithm. I've got one right now that's just, like, getting pushed out on YouTube and just getting thousands of views a day. That's it's just dr- driving enormous amounts of traffic to my website. So, yeah. For sure. I love it. I love it. I love the social media game. I love what I'm doing. It gives me purpose and passion. And everybody who has supported me and and Brian, too, in our work, we truly appreciate you. And if you'd like to support what we do here at the Work For It podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, you can support everything that we do and help us uh, in our in our journey of creating content and being a part of the community and uh, as always, we truly appreciate you listening to the Work For It podcast. Sure. Brian, I think that's a show. Oh, the other thing with our Patreon, for those of you who don't know yet, if you're on our Patreon, you get the first round at those shop scalpels we're making. Yes, so that is a huge close. reason to jump on our Patreon. Yeah, they're very close to being shipped to you, by the way. I've got, Sweet. I'll, I'll be working on them tomorrow. I might be able to actually get them out by Friday. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, if you, we're doing a shop scalpel project. And some, I don't know if you noticed this, but some people have made their own. They, yeah, they, they, they wouldn't want to wait. <laughs> they made their own. One guy actually took a screenshot of of the knife yeah. and then printed it out and made his own template. I love that. I think that's so cool. I would have sent you the DXF file, by the way. I right. Didn't have to do that. Um, I would have definitely just sent you the template. But um, yeah, I, I think it's so neat that people love it that much that they're willing to make. Them yeah. Work. Once we get done with this 10, that's going to go out for sale. We're definitely going to have to either, you know, switch to a different project pretty soon after that, or, you know, do a larger run of that because it seems like yeah. something that people are clamoring for. Yeah. I think we're going to do a larger run of that. And I might, might change the design up just a little bit. Oh, so yeah, that it's gotta. not the same knife, you know, um, but it, it will be similar, but it'll not be the same. I was thinking a bit of maybe a little less belly in the blade and a little bit more of a straighter, not, not quite straight, but you know, um, getting a little bit closer to that one that Ben and I are working on. Yeah. I mean, I figure I just maybe just get a copy of that one and just hey. reproduce it to no, the, to the T, but I more of like a teardash. No, I, I, I mean, <laughs> of course if you want, I'd like to see it. Um, but yeah, I, it, I love how you're busting his balls all the time. <laughs> well, I think we finished that video uh, three or four months ago and I sent it off to him. Okay. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, he's, he's a busy working. dude. And obviously, especially right now, I used to bust his balls because, you know, he's he's just so busy and it's just kind of funny. But especially now that he has medical things coming up, I'm not pushing him one bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely not. I think uh, even him getting the she's done, I think might be a little bit of a stretch. We'll see, yeah. um, hopefully. But uh, yeah, Ben, we're thinking about you, buddy. Hope hope you're feeling better and hope you're doing well and hope you're on the next podcast with us next week. 
And yeah. uh, at that point, hey, Brian, I appreciate you, buddy, and I appreciate everything that you do um, right here and support. You basically have supported me from the beginning, and um, it's awesome to be on the podcast with you. I want you oh, to know man. that I really love doing the podcast. I look that forward really to That really feels awesome to hear that from you. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, I never thought I would be this close to a Santa Claus lookalike. I just never, <laughs> never thought. Hey, maybe that's my second bit of income. I just need to, hey, you know, that, do the Santa Claus route. You could be a mall Santa. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. You could be very uh. busy. Maybe in like forty years. Sure. sure. Like that'll be your shtick. Okay. Like that'd be kind of fun because you could have like a white beard then. Sure. You'd be like in your sixties, right? In forty years. Yeah, like yeah, I think I think you'd do great at that. <laughs> you could also like you could be a mall Santa that makes knives. Hey, it, that would be really cool. We can make that happen. That would be interesting. I, and you could have your own Netflix show. <laughs> now we're getting ridiculous. Called Sharp Santa. Sharp Santa. <laughs> I like it. I, all right, I'm copy. I'm I'm buying Sharp Santa right now. Right, Sharp I was Santa. gonna say I'm gonna com. have to. I'm gonna have to uh, pay royalties to you for coming up with that idea. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Work For It podcast. <laughs> Sharp Santa coming. Let's see what year is it to us to be 2061. Oof. Nope. <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> all right, Brian. Man, have a great week. I appreciate you as always. Have an awesome working week, and we will see you on the next episode. All right. See you guys. Adios. Are you going to do Ben or should I do Ben? Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.